All right, Every Night Football, welcome back. We've already been through most games of week one, and so we're coming at you with a new segment for us this year. Well, a new standalone podcast segment, and that's going to be our waivers. So we're going to look into waivers and possible watch list players tonight, and hopefully that'll give you some ideas going into Wednesday before the waivers start. So, Every Night Football, let's get going. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another. But I'm going to get the job done. I got to fight every night. Every damn night. That's how winning is done. Fight every night. Every night. All night. Every night. Every night. Football. 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 One, two, three. Here we go. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> and we are diving into waivers. So, uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get into the wave. I, I've been doing the wave by myself in my basement. That, it's not as much fun. Yeah, that's that's a terrible fact because it's not a joke. So uh, <laughs> when we're looking at waivers, we're going to go just position by position. Obviously, there were a lot of injuries uh, this past oh, week one. It always happens. And especially, apparently, to our NFL.com team, which we'll get into tomorrow when we do our full week two podcast. And uh, so let's dive into quarterbacks. You've got... On your list, you got Patrick Mahomes Pat, as a Mahomes. wire target. Tell me about Mahomies. Patrick Mahomes. Hanging with Mahomes. Well, he's 30%, 37% owned right now. Uh, he came out and had a really good first game of the season. Right. Um, he didn't complete a lot of passes. Um, people were like, oh, this is he's, he's going to be the best quarterback in the league. He's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback, no doubt. And I'm like, he only completed 15 passes. Now, yeah. granted... He threw for 256 in those 15 and four touchdowns. The, the, the big thing is he looked really, really good running Andy Reid's offense. Um, yeah. I think this comes down to the, the, the QB or coach debate again, like what is it? And I think this is a little bit of both. Pat Mahomes is a freak of nature. He can throw the ball. I, I, for, for example, I saw a video on YouTube today on someone trying to throw the ball 100 yards with Pat Mahomes and Madden. I didn't watch it because I don't have that kind of time. But that's just the kind of thing that he's that, okay. that's the interest he's developing right now. Right, yeah. He's um, obviously got a cannon and some of those like ten, fifteen yard passes, they were like Brett Favre. They were just screaming. Oh, yeah. And so he got he got some help, obviously he got some major help from Tyreek Hill, but he also oh, has yeah. some solid receivers. They made a lot of catches that not every receiver in the league could make. Absolutely. But um, well, I, I expect them to be consistent in that, though. So it's not a bash on or taking him down a notch fantasy-wise. No, there, there's no denying the talent, the arm strength. But I will note that two of his touchdown passes were shovel passes. They were one-yard shovel passes at the line of scrimmage. Um, we saw this last year with Alex Smith. Um, and I think right now you're wanting to pick up Patrick Mahomes and play him. And I think you want to do it right now because, as we saw last year, Andy Reid tends to – get figured out by the middle of the season and there was a seven game losing or four game seven game losing streak something like that uh last year by the chiefs that they just couldn't get anything going because everyone knew all these trick plays that that were coming at them so it's it's something that i i i think patrick Mahomes should be owned i think he should be started but i'd make sure that you have some sort of backup because eventually teams are going to figure out this offense but that leads us to our next guy who's available in 55% of leagues, 
and that's your boy Alex Smith. Right, yeah. Alex Smith, this just in, good at football. Uh, we <laughs> saw it last year. He's just doing it again this year. This is who Alex Smith is. He's mostly consistent, doesn't throw a lot of picks. And he's just efficient is, is pr- the easiest word to put on him. And, and people call him a game manager. But the truth is he's more of a win manager because he wins a lot and doesn't give the ball away. And that's what you want in fantasy. You don't want the negative points. He may not light up the scoreboard, but he's also not going to lose your week. He's going to be solid. So Smith is a great wa- waiver wire target especially if you got someone like jimmy g who underperformed this week and you want to have two on the roster as one is your backup he's the perfect backup because you know he's going to be solid and he looks really good in washington absolutely i mean he came out and in his first game with this new group of wide receivers uh 21 for 30 255 and two touchdowns the big stat, he was 8.9 yards per throw. So he was almost 9 yards per throw. Like, that's that's pretty solid for someone that's a game manager, dink and dunk. He only shows the right. short the short routes. He did really well. Yeah, and he's got a great team there. Obviously, Crowder, um, Reed, Davis. Uh, he's got yeah. a bunch of guys who can catch. And, and, and Thompson, he can get on. Thompson's them. there. Thompson, uh, who had a great game. Great game, especially in PPR. And now with Adrian Peterson eating up those first and second downs, he even got involved in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so which was something he's never done. And they've got a lot of diversity there. I think that they look a lot like Casey did last year. And obviously Alex Smith, one of the better QBs in fantasy last year. Now, last guy that she'd be looking at is someone that uh, probably no one watched this game unless you live in Maryland. Yeah, or... But it's. Uh, and no, it, the Buffalo Bills fans didn't even watch this game. Yeah, they turned true. it off. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> they Joe, had the Peterman was starting. Yeah, so Joe Flacco, seven percent owned. He is the most frustrating quarterback to own in fantasy because he has these monster games and then has just eggs. And this wasn't a good game. It wasn't a monster game. It was just good. Um, I think he is worth looking into, especially if you have some early bye weeks, because Flacco yeah. tends to have you know, weaker games later in the season. And he looked good in the preseason, and that was a little surprising. I think he's got some pressure on him now that they drafted his successor. And so I I expect a decent year from Flacco. Again, not necessarily someone I'm excited to start week in, week out, but he's someone that I'm not afraid to start and can emotionally get by with starting if, you know, I don't have another option. The big thing is, if you're in a deeper league, if you're in a 14, 16-man league, you you probably want a backup quarterback because as we saw on Sunday Night Football, even the best players like Aaron Rodgers could go down with an injury. Luckily, he came back. But Mm -hmm. we saw Carson Wentz, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Um, Carson Wentz last year, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, they were guys that went down with injuries. And if you're in a deep league, having someone stashed away on your bench is important, and Joe Flacco could fill that need. Right. Um, well, let's go to running backs. Uh, Philip Lindsay is a guy that not a lot we're talking about outside of the Denver fan base and the Denver coaching staff. Uh, he's owned in less than one percent of leagues, and which he is rushed 50- crazy. Yeah, I mean, I- you'd think that there'd be like you know those sixteen-man leagues that have he gets a bench spot at least. Yeah, but that's. I mean, I guess it makes sense. There's it's a crowded backfield, but Lindsay definitely set himself apart this week. 
Well, and he was an undrafted free agent out of Colorado. I mean, 15 carries for 71 yards. He tied Freeman in the number of carries. Uh, but he was, he caught two of three passes for 31 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And Freeman wasn't using the passing game at all. So that's the thing that separated Philip Lindsay from him. In my mind, though, I think this is going to end up being a Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman situation. Mainly because this guy's last name is Freeman as well, so we have a Freeman right. in this situation. You just you um, just wanted to make that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's the only that's the only reason. But mm-hmm. no, like this could be another thunder and lightning situation that you have Royce Freeman getting the early downs, he's the power back, and then you have Philip Lindsay coming in there and he's just the scat back that's running all over the field. Yeah, and he he's quick, he's athletic, obviously really interesting. He kinda reminds me of uh Danny Woodhead a little bit, the way he moves. Yeah. And yeah. obviously Woodhead, a lot of fantasy success. So uh, Lindsey, definitely worth picking up, especially since it's a running back, and we all know that you never know what's going to happen with your running back. So Absolutely. Uh, going on from Lindsey, you've got TJ Yeldon. Obviously this whole situation is it was helped by Leonard Fournette going out. So Yeldon got a lot of run. He's only 4% owned, but he he proved why he was drafted where he was drafted and, and that he can actually play in the NFL this week. Absolutely. People forget that he was on a great Alabama team from 2012 to 2014, and he racked up over 3,000 yards doing it. Um, he had 37 touchdowns in his college career. This guy knew what he was doing coming out of a good Alabama college team, and then he got stuck as a backup. Mm-hmm. And now he's backing up arguably one of the best running backs in the game with Leonard Fordette. But Fordette's big knock is he gets hurt. He can't stay healthy, especially in his ankles. So my my thought is you pick him up. He's probably not worth a roster start on his own if Fournette's playing. Um, yeah. Even if Fournette's not playing, it's just it's a tricky situation with Yelda because I'm not sure how they value him in the offense. Right. So, but the biggest thing is you could pick him up and maybe flip him to Fournette's owner. But given that Fournette was used in the passing game, which is something that he really wasn't used in the passing game last year, he's been working on that all off season. He has little upside if Fournette stays healthy. Right, and Fournette is again he's day to day with what's quote a minor hamstring injury. So yeah, uh, you know I I, I think. The main people to target at Yeldon are obviously going to be Fournette owners. And so if you're a Fournette, Fournette owner, he's worth a waiver spot, uh, worth a bench spot, because you might need him. You know, a minor injury could turn into a major one. All it takes is one bad hit. So um, moving on from Yeldon, our last running back, we've got Austin Eckler, 17% owned. He caught five targets, five of five targets. For 87 yeah. yards and a touchdown, he looked awesome. And yeah. Kansas City's defense, obviously not the best, but he is solid. Yeah, he he really he actually did remind me a lot of Danny Woodhead, especially just being in that Chargers uniform. Right. And it made me miss the fact that Woodhead is no longer in the league. It's really I know, sad. It's so sad. Um, but yeah, he's you got to pick him up if you own Melvin Gordon because if something happens to Melvin Gordon, he's gonna be solid. But if you're in a PPR league, this is probably a guy that you own and start in a flex spot. Um, I, the, 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 the big problem is Melvin Gordon did a lot in the passing game too, and I think that just game flow 
was just, you know, pound the ball and then, like, dump passes that would go for chunks of yards. Mm-hmm. So it's just – it's it's whether or not you're going to get a good matchup like Kansas City again. But, yeah, I like Austin Eckler. He needs to be picked up. He needs to be owned, especially in PPR leagues. That He, mm-hmm. he might be – him and Lindsey are probably your number one and two running backs if you're in a PPR league this week. Yeah, and I would lean more Eckler uh, based on what I've seen because – uh, again, he he. They obviously had Danny Woodhead there for a long time. They know how to use a back like Eckler, and yes. the biggest thing, running backs. It's it's a very, it's a position where the risk of injury is higher than every other position, and mm-hmm. so picking up these guys now, um, it, it's saving you down the road from from potential, you know season-ending injuries that could affect your fantasy team and possibly maybe even lose you your league because your main guy goes out you don't have his backup so definitely it's a good time to go ahead and start picking up these guys we're talking about so let's go ahead and jump into wide receiver who do you have at wide receiver that we Uh, need to be looking at philip dorsett this is actually a guy that you brought to my attention yesterday during the pats game um and i started watching him a little bit closely and he was really, really crisp on his route running. Um, yeah. This is a guy that came from Indy, and he was just a deep ball guy. He was just a go route. That's all he did. And obviously, they saw something in him in New England because he has come in, and he's basically filled that Edelman role. He looked a lot like Julian Edelman out there. Uh, caught 7 of 7, 56 yards and a touchdown. All the Chris Hogan owners are probably screaming right now because they're like, what happened to Hogan? I thought he was going to be this guy. Um, it doesn't really look that way. It looks like it's going to be Philip Dorsett for the time being. Not saying that Hogan's not going to be worthwhile, uh, but Philip Dorsett owned in less than 1% of leagues. He needs to be owned. Yeah, I agree. And not only is he a good route runner, which the Patriots love, he also was there last year. So he's familiar with the system and with – uh, yeah. with Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick. And on top of that, the the catches he was making were insanely athletic. Like, they, they looked solid. So he re- kind of reminded me of an Amendola and an, an Edelman in that regard. So definitely worth grabbing. Uh, next guy, a guy that I mentioned as a sleeper who wasn't really a sleeper is Tyler Lockett. He's 11% owned. Seattle Seahawks obviously invested in him quite a bit. With Baldwin, questionable Lockett looks to be a possible breakout player this year. How did how did you think it went for Lockett this week? Um, it's a pass-heavy offense. Russell Wilson likes to create plays, and whenever he gets outside the pocket, that's where someone like Tyler Lockett can just turn and head up the field, and Russell Wilson has the arm strength to get it to him. So. Uh, three or four 59 yards of a touchdown is nothing to balk at, um, especially at a game that, that was largely controlled by the Broncos. But, yeah, I like him. Uh, the, a guy down the list that we have is also Brandon Marshall, 1% owned. He was three of six for 46 yards of a touchdown. So, like, Tyler Lockett and Brandon Marshall are going to get more looks with Bolden's out. Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall's probably going to get those red, red zone looks like he's always gotten because he's just a big receiver, and they no longer have Jimmy Graham down there. But Tyler Lockett, um, I don't know. If you had that pick, who are you choosing right there, Lockett or Brandon Marshall? Who do you see as more upside? Um, Tyler Lockett or Brandon Marshall? I'd probably go okay. Brandon Marshall, honestly, because yeah, to get those red zone looks. Yeah, and we've seen 
Brandon Marshall be a top tier option, you know, and and we're talking about Lockett as a potential breakout player. We we did talk about him that way last year too. So yeah. Also, I just went and picked up Austin Eckler in my PPR league. What what? Um, so Brandon Marshall, I think he has more upside than Lockett because when Baldwin comes back, I think Marshall keeps the same role. Lockett's I think changes a little bit. Um, but either either way, they're both interesting options. Marshall's one percent owned versus Lockett at eleven percent. So you also have a better chance. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, another guy that you like, Willie Sneed, who is no longer with the Saints, so he's not he's not receiving passes from Drew Brees, and yeah. yet he had a good game. He did. Uh, it was kind of surprising because a lot. I, I had a friend of mine ask me about John Brown. And I said, you know, I probably wouldn't play John Brown. I'd play Willie Sneed instead. Um, they actually had pretty similar stat lines. Willie Sneed had a few more points. But, yeah, four of six, 49 yards of the touchdown. He looked to have a, a really good rhythm with Flacco. Flacco's got a lot of good wide receivers on this team. We talked about him earlier, the QBs, that this is someone that could have a, a kind of a resurgent year. Yeah. So, and he's interesting to watch. And he's being pushed, which is always good, so... Yeah, yeah. Willie Sneed, interesting option if you need help at wide receiver. I would target Dorsett first, and mm-hmm. then probably Brandon Marshall, and then it's kind of a toss between Sneed and Lockett. Uh, but that's just because, again, I kind of tried to avoid Flacco, even though he is looking solid this year. So yeah. uh, let's move on to tight ends. Tight ends. Uh, Eric Ebron's my first guy. This was someone that I, I talked about in our draft rankings. He's only owned in 38% of leagues. 4 of 5, 58 yards of a touchdown. Um, I actually drafted Ebron in one of my leagues. I'm very happy to be proven right on this. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the same amount of targets as Jack Doyle, but he did more with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all the injuries to Greg Olson, we don't know when he's going to be back. And the Delaney Walker, obviously done for the year. Uh, Ebron's a solid pickup at his place, and more than likely he's available in your league. Right, yeah, I agree. Um, and you also have Ricky Seals-Jones, who you've been talking about for a while, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you speak on him. Uh, yeah, Ricky, it was interesting. That, that whole game was bad by the, by the Cardinals. They just they couldn't ever get it going. They didn't know what they were doing. Uh, but that said... I think they're going to turn this around. When you have David Johnson on your team, you're going to get things turned around. So when I'm looking at this, I see Ricky Seals-Jones being in on 49 out of the 53 snaps they took on offense. Mm-hmm. He's going to work his way into the offense. He's a wide receiver turned tight end. Um, he only, he got three of six targets, so they were looking his way, but he only did 19 yards with them. But he's owned in 5% of leagues. This is someone that, again, if you're looking for a replacement – Ricky Seal Jones could fill that need. Um, I, I think if I remember correctly, he was one of our uh, uh, sleepers this year. Yeah, I think uh, he was one of your picks early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and one of the sleepers. Another tight end who I want to mention. Um, he's obviously not on our list because we mainly target guys who are owned in less than fifty percent. But George Kittle, if he is available in your league, he's seventy six percent owned. So, you know, you have a one in four chance ish. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely go grab Kittle. He's another guy who looked like he was really involved in the offense, and he also didn't get drafted 
in a lot of leagues. So he's a guy that a lot of people are picking up now. If you can get him, I think he's a better option than either of these guys on the list. So uh, if he's available, pick him up. Yeah. Um, Let's move to kicker and defense real quick. The most important positions in fantasy football. The kickers are the toughest. They could like, yeah. Um, Brandon McManus, he's owed at 6% of leagues. This is something that's getting overlooked, which is silly because he, he kicks in the mile high. Like, that, that's really all you need to know. He kicks at Denver, so he could kick it from a log way. He did right. this week. Highest scoring kicker, 13 points in the standard. He had 250 yarders. And this team will probably kick more field goals than extra points. Yeah. So If we're being honest, if good, there's honest, a good I mean, chance of that happening. And, I mean, they looked a little disjointed. I think that the, the offense will get better. But McManus was good last year. He's going to be good this year. He's consistent. He's on an offense that's good enough to put him in position to score, even if they can't get yeah. the touchdowns. And he's got a killer leg, very consistent. And, again, thin air. So he can put him out there. So definitely McManus, 6% owned is insane. Go get him. He's better than most of your other options. So uh, as far as defenses go, it's a defense that you talked about in, I believe, our week one podcast because they picked up a player that, let's just be honest, is probably the most intimidating, if not one of the most intimidating, maybe, defensive players in the NFL. Khalil Mack, now on the Chicago Bears. Bears are only 23% owned. And Mac can destroy quarterbacks. He really can. Like, uh, Khalil Mack, that trade, people don't understand that, oh, it's just one player. The Bears' defense wasn't great last year. They weren't terrible, though. They were actually pretty solid against quarterbacks. Right. I think they were, like, seventh or eighth against quarterbacks last last year. Um, oh, yeah, I have it here. Seventh best team last year against quarterbacks. And now they've added Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith out of Georgia. And Roquan Smith came in on his first play. He got a sack against Aaron Rodgers. And that's... That's that's not easy to do. So no, it's definitely not. And for people who think one player can't make a difference, think of Houston before JJ Watt and after JJ mm-hmm. Watt. Absolutely, that's Khalil well, Mack is as good as JJ Watt in my opinion. Yeah. And actually, I think that sack by Roquan Smith might have come against Deshaun Kaiser. I'm not sure, but either here or there, first play of the game that he plays is a, a sack. But yeah, they they terrorized the Packers. They nearly took out Rodgers. I'm really glad that he came back in. Uh, Football is just better when Aaron Rodgers is playing. Okay. Um, this is a good week to take uh, the Bears and play them, even though they're playing Seattle. Seattle plays with a QB, running around, doing his thing. So they're also going to be without Doug Baldwin. I like them this right. week against Seattle. So that, yeah, that's it for our uh, – And this yeah. isn't the Seattle of old either. You no, know, it's This not. is new Seattle where they're rebuilding. So definitely yeah, a good play. Um, that's it for our waiver picks. Uh, if you have any extra questions on waivers, definitely email us at enfpodcast at gmail.com. We'd be willing to answer those questions on waivers. Get, send us your lineups, and we'll uh, give you our opinions. Let's mm-hmm. move on to our segment, The Watch List. I'm watching you, Zaski. Always watching. I will be watching you. Look out, man! I will find you.
All right. Always watching. On to our watch list. So I'll let you kick it off. Obviously, you have a lot of guys that you want to be watching, and I only have a few. Yeah, week one, I, I add a lot of guys to my watch list. In fact, like, I have so many guys. I had a bunch of guys on my watch list from the draft that, like, I put on there just to, like, make sure. I, I, we've talked about this a lot. People who win leagues, serious competitive leagues, usually have watch lists. They have guys that they're looking at that they're not ready to pick up, but they're usually looking at guys a week or two before they end up having a big game, and they're picking them up that week before. Right, and... So with your watch list, what you're looking for are trends, usually targets for wide receivers, carries for running backs, targets for running backs, stuff like that, opportunities. And if they're slowly getting more and more of a role, it's a good time to pick them up. So definitely keep a steady watch list. It's just a lot easier than trying to remember all the names you need to go look up and see how they did that week. Um, One thing that I also been looking at the last few years is snap counts. Guys that are in on multiple snaps on that offense. Um, you, there's a bunch of websites out there. You can just Google snap counts in the NFL by breakdown by player, and you can find some lists. Like that's how I knew Ricky Seals Jones was in on 49 out of the 53 offensive snaps, and that makes me think that guy's probably going to get involved at some point. You don't, you don't, you're not on the field that often with talent and not get involved. Right. So let's jump this off. Uh, Dante Pettis, the San Francisco wide receiver. Marquise Goodwin went down with an injury early, uh, came back and then left again. I'm not sure the the prognosis on that, but it, if he ends up not playing, I think Dante Pettis is a guy that you need to definitely have a watch list. And then maybe next week, depending on his targets and snaps, you might be picking up as Golden Tate runs it in for a touchdown. Sorry, yeah, I'm watching we have Monday the Night football at the same time. Yeah, we have the Jets and the Lions <laughs> playing right now. Um, yeah, it, it looks like the Goodwin injury was a deep thigh bruise. Um, mm. Not sure what that's going to mean. He's day-to-day, but they they play the late game or the 3 o'clock game on Sunday, so he could be back in, but you never know. So definitely a guy worth looking at. Uh, another guy you have on here is, seems like a perennial watch list guy, Cole Beasley. Yeah. Beasley. Um, yeah, 7 for 8 for 73 yards. I don't like anybody on the Cowboys this year. Ezekiel Elliott a little bit, but that's it. I don't like anybody. Is um, it the, their whole the jerseys? It's, the, it's, 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 their it's faces. the cheerleaders. They're too pretty. Um, yeah, they're distracting. Too much distracting. makeup. No, I need to see another week out of Colt Beasley. Um, I need to see how the Dallas game is going to, the Dallas passing game especially, is going to get broken down before they pull the trigger on anyone. Um, I, I came into the season liking Michael Gallup. Um, I wasn't really sold on Alan Hearns. But Cole Beasley has always been really consistent. Without Jason Witten there, I think Dak's going to go with who he trusts and who he has history with. So Right, and eight targets, is that's a lot. That's solid. Like PPR leagues, he had a good week. So mm-hmm. um, definitely something to add to your watch list. Uh, one of the big things on the watch list, though, is I'll check it on like a Wednesday or a Thursday and look for any additional news because sometimes a coach will come out and say, yeah, we're planning on getting so-and-so involved more. Mm-hmm. And that's what a watch list does. Instead of you having to scroll through each player and click it on their names, you've already got your guys that you're looking at. And then just, oh, the coach said that he's going to be a lot more involved this week or he's going to get the starting nod or something like that. It's going to be really helpful. So. Um, right. yep. Next guy, D.D. Westbrook, uh, five of six targets for 51 yards. Um, 
we were asked, uh, I don't know if it was on the podcast, it might have been just something that, I, that we were answering on one of the social media platforms, but we were asked, who's the guy to own, D.D. Westbrook or Keelan Cole? And both of us are pretty high on Keelan Cole. Right. But D.D. Westbrook isn't a slouch. The problem Definitely is he doesn't, he doesn't run past like 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. Um, he's definitely an underneath route runner, but you know five of six for 51 yards is is really solid. And if they start stretching the field a little bit more, um, he becomes a, a really good option, especially in PPR leagues. Right, and Cole only had four targets in this game, so you never know what the the target share is going to end up actually shaking out to. So with this game, they were under a lot of pressure. And so the short passes were where they were going. So definitely got to keep an eye on. Um, another guy that I think should be added to your watch list is Ted Ginn Jr. He caught five of six targets. He had a touchdown. He had a good game. Uh, I think he's worth putting on your watch list to see if he can maintain somewhere between six and eight targets per game because that's all Ted Ginn has ever needed to be fantasy relevant. So add him to your watch list. Keep an eye on his target numbers because he is receiving passes from Drew Brees. So yeah, and and a lot of people are probably going to pick him up this week because of the game that he played. Uh, both of us are in agreement that guys that are on your bench are guys that you'd either be starting if you didn't have someone above them, or you're waiting for like a suspension to get over. You don't need to be right. keeping guys on your bench that aren't currently producing aren't right. currently getting targets, aren't currently getting carries, um, again, unless they're suspended, or you have a handcuff or something like that. That's the only thing that you should have on your bench. So taking flyers on guys, that eats up a valuable bench spot. Right. So next week, if Ted Kane gets another six targets, even if one of them doesn't go for a touchdown, he might be worth a bench spot because all that it takes is for those looks to start turning into t- uh, to end zone looks, and he becomes a, a starter, at least a flex guy. Right, and again... He had fantasy relevance last year. I think he, if you really need help at wide receiver, say you had someone go down or somebody who just didn't get any targets and kind of a no-name, then, you know, okay, pick him up. He's 17% owned. He's probably available. But if if you have guys that you like on your team, then you at least need to watch list Ted again. That's the yeah. bare minimum. So, anyway, moving on to uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, we got we got the Grant brothers, um, Ryan Grant, Jakeem Grant. They're not actually brothers, but they both have the same last name. Brother from yeah. another mother. Um, Ryan Grant on Indy, eight of nine for fifty nine yards. This guy, he's talented. He's very talented. I, I almost see this as a Dante Moncrief replacement, but I just think he's a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I he can might see that. End up, he might end up taking over for Hilton. Um, no. I don't. I'm, I'm not gonna say that yet, but. He looked really good coming out of the breaks. Him and Andrew Luck were on the same page on every pass. Right, but you just need to look at the 59 yards to know he's not going to take over for Hilton because Hilton is four catches for 120. That's about where he lives. So Sure, sure. But that uh, means... This guy needs to be owned in PPR. I think he needs sure. to be picked up in PPR because of the target volume and mm-hmm. being on Andrew Luck's team, but on a watch list at standard. Don't pick him up at standard until he starts stretching the field getting end zone looks mm-hmm. I agree um, and then Jakeem Grant need to see more of him he's definitely a watch list don't pick him up yet Ryan Tannehill likes him a lot uh, I think he was quoted at saying that whenever Jakeem Grant's on the field 
we feel like we've got a chance for a big play, something along those lines. Uh, but if you if you have points for special teams, he needs to be put on. A, he had a hundred and one yard touchdown uh, on a kickoff. He needs to be put into the into the mix on your team uh, mm-hmm. if you have special teams. Yes, watch list for everyone else. Speaking of that, if you do have special teams, I think it's it's worth putting Tyreek Hill on your watch list. He had a solid game. I think it's someone you need to keep an eye on. Don't add him yet. He's not worth adding yet. But Tyreek Hill, yeah. another guy who ran one back, worth worth adding to your watch list for sure. This is only for th- – th- now, keep in mind, this is only for leagues that only do special teams. Yeah, purely so those, yeah. special teams alone. Those elite leagues that are just only special teams scoring. That would be such Boy, a that would lame, be... lame league. All right. Uh, super exciting. I don't know. I don't know so, how that would work. Uh, you would not enjoy watching football as much. Um, you, you had a last-minute addition to the watch list. I did. Uh, a defense, which is different than what that we've had before. Um, I added Cleveland. And, We're and not Detroit! People laughed at me when I said that Cleveland, to me, could easily make the playoffs this year. I think they're a really good team. I think their defense is going to be good. I think you laughed at me <laughs> at one point because of how much I believe in, in the Browns' current team talent. Um, but Miles I, Garrett's on that team. They always have a chance to win. Exactly. Miles Garrett, much like Khalil Mack, he can change a game by himself. This week was obviously kind of a crazy week. They had three interceptions and four sacks on Big Ben, who is obviously a big name, known for being difficult to take down. Well, Cleveland didn't have much difficulty. Uh, I think that it's a risky play if you pick them up because they are playing New Orleans next week, and New Orleans can shred some defenses. And I don't think three interceptions is sustainable. However, Cleveland's defense looked really good. They're a lot better than last year. So when it comes down to your bye weeks, especially if you have like a week five, week four, whenever those early bye weeks start kicking in, they're definitely worth looking at while they have everyone healthy and ready to go because they are good. Um, well, that's it for our watch list and our waivers. Uh, email us at enfpodcast at gmail.com if you think we forgot anybody. Um, and we'll explain yeah. why you're wrong. <laughs> um, we'll be on social media probably tomorrow or Wednesday just answering some questions if you got them on there. So look for our logo, the ENF podcast logo. Uh, that's it for this. This is a, I like this little segment. I like this little Monday yeah. night action while we're watching the game. It's great. Yeah, let us know what you guys think. Obviously, last year we would record on Wednesday nights, but you couldn't get your waivers in time, mm-hmm. so we decided to just do your waivers on uh, Tuesday or on Monday nights. Sorry. So, yeah. so let us know what you think. Let us know if there's something that you want to know. You know, if we need to add a new segment whenever we do record on Monday nights, just let us know. Feedback's yeah, always Quincy Anunwa. Quincy Anunwa might need a pickup. I'm watching this Jets game right now. He's actually been all over the field. I don't think he's owned in any leagues. Well, right now he Sam Darnold is looking better than Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like I'm thinking Broadway Detroit's Joe. defense is probably not playing that great. But Anunwa, he was good last year. Maybe worth an ad. See how he does in this game. Especially in PPR. He had a lot of value in PPR at times last year because he was targeted so much. So. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for our show tonight. Uh, go out and do something nice for someone this week.